Welcome to my so-called opera life, a podcast for opera singers by opera singers, where we work to connect, inform, empower, and inspire musicians at all levels and stages of their career. Each episode, we'll explore a piece of the never-ending puzzle of the so-called opera life, humble brags and therapeutic complaints, as well as practical information about how this business works. Each piece helping you on your journey towards success, which we believe should really mean happiness. I'm Marcel. And I'm Elise. And we're two sopranos trying to live our best so-called opera lives. This week, Marcel and I are really excited to be releasing our interview with Jessica Fischenfeld, a soprano born and raised in New York. Marcel and I met up with Jess in her home a few weeks back to discuss her so-called opera life. So thanks to Jess for letting us use her home for the space. You will definitely hear some of those New York sounds in this interview. Jessica is not only a fabulous singer, but also a soprano who is really taking her career into her own hands. She creates her own opportunities, uses her networking skills to the nth degree, and is creating a lifestyle that really works for her. Jessica is the creator of the video series Alive and Kicking, which is all about contemporary American opera, and is also the brain behind Aria Slam, which is a space that was created for singers to come together and try out new arias in a safe and supportive environment. As if that's not enough things to do, Jess also has her side hustle as a personal trainer and has created a brand called Jekka Fit. You can find Jessica on Instagram at Jekka Fish and her video series is on YouTube. Look for Alive and Kicking. So without further ado, let's get to the interview. (laughs) (laughs) There's enough of that in this world. Yeah. So the reason that we, oh gosh, the reason that we, um, that I was like so interested and excited to interview what you was that you are doing so many things. (laughs) Spinning all the plates. Yeah. Spinning all the plates. And, um, yeah, not only, not only singing and professionally and getting gigs singing, but also creating your own opportunities, having your own business with the Jack of Fit and all that stuff. So that's. We want to celebrate those, yeah, those cool. kinds of things. Yeah, I'm flattered. I'm so glad you guys reached out. It's so cool. So let's start. You want to start with Alive and Kicking. So how can you tell us how that came to be? So um, I don't know if there was like a day that I just kind of... Oh, no, I, I know exactly how it came to be. Um, one of my best friends from like performing arts camp in, when I, when we were 12 you know, 11, maybe Spencer Glass, who's a musical theater guy. He started the show called it's the day of the show y'all where he gives a little history lesson. Like every, every, depending on what month it is, he'll take a musical that premiered on Broadway that month in Mm -hmm. whatever year it was in the past. And he gives a little history lesson about it, like plot synopsis and, you know, fun facts about who was on the creative team and, um, like if it won any nominations mm-hmm. or any Tonys, whatever. And then he performs a little clip from it. And I watched it and I was like, this is genius. It's like a bite size, like under five minutes. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to take this model and do something with opera. Because yeah. the biggest problem I'm realizing is like for, for opera audiences is everything's too long for mm-hmm. the modern audience, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm like, if I can capture the attention of these millennials and whatever gen Z, what are we up to? (laughs) Yeah. If I can capture their attention for like 
three and a half minutes, Mm -hmm. then maybe there's hope that they'll be like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that there was opera in English about, like, dating and about, you know, like, modern fairy tales and stuff. Yeah, (laughs) just stuff that they can relate to, you know? And so, uh, well, it was kind of funny because Spencer asked me for a recommendation where he can record his his series. And so I gave him a recommendation for that. And then I was like, now I'm going to turn the tables here. Like, <laughs> how did you set this up? Like, what are what were the tools you needed? And uh-huh. so he kind of, you know, gave me the structure of how he did it with the, you know, he needed the videographer, the, the editor, the, um, obviously the musicians. And he gave me, like, his approximate budget. And so I knew what I had to plan for. And so the first round of filming that I, you know, I filled three episodes in each round of filming. It was totally out of pocket because mm-hmm. I was like, I just want to do this. I was super passionate mm-hmm. about it. I thought it was also a cool way to connect with new composers who are putting out interesting works right. mm-hmm. these days. Um, so I, I just did it myself and arranged the team and it all happened pretty quickly because my friend who was helping me with the videography was like leaving for his contract pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gave me like the kick in the butt that I needed yeah. to just like all right, we're Let's doing do this. Yeah. We're doing this like Don't think. next week, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so I had to like, you know, write out all my scripts for the intros and contract the musicians mm-hmm. and, and, um, have a rehearsal. And then we just kind of went for it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Did you, um, how did you pick the music and did you contact the composers beforehand? That's a good question. Um, for the first round, I thought it was pretty natural to use my own fiance because because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he I I'm a fan of his work yeah. you know it, we met because he hired me for a project and I had researched his work yeah. you know he had written the tinder opera before oh, okay before I met him and yeah. so he had me watch that and asked if I wanted to be you know if I was interested in in like a sort of sequel to be in that. And so I was really impressed with it. And so, um, so he continues to, to compose things, you know, with modern themes. And so I was like, this is kind of the perfect example yeah. of something that could apply, that could right. relate to, to our generation and younger. Yeah. Um, so I took his, I took a piece that had a, that was a great piece that I, that I premiered an aria from that's, you know, LGBTQ themed, uh, that I had done at Cornelia Cafe recently. So okay. I thought that was a great yeah. choice. Just like I needed stuff that you knew I kind of knew yeah. already that I was familiar with just for this first round. Mm-hmm. And then I asked around about a great female composer that I could pull from because yeah. I really, I'm really passionate about supporting females in the opera world. Mm-hmm. And so Scott, my fiance recommended Wang Ji. And so she's fierce, fierce composer, such a cool, like has zany ideas. And, yeah. and so I, I was in touch with her about her piece. And so that's how I kind of grouped that's together. That's how you got those three. Piece. Yeah. And for future stuff, I just kind of ask around, <clears throat> you know, I, I feel like I know a bunch of people in, in the scene right now with, you know, I, I know a people, a lot of people at AOP and, and ALT and people who have worked with like the Fort Worth. Um, right. They're like little, their their program for new works um i think it closed actually recently which is mm. a bummer but i i by starting the series i've i've gone into you know the trenches for finding these really great composers who are up and coming yeah and um my hope is to combine the up and comings with 
the already established, you know, I'll, I'm planning on taking a few pieces from people who are already, already yeah. have their works out there. Um, at a, at some point you'll probably have people contacting you. I, <laughs> Hopefully. Right. I have had a, I've had a couple. Yeah. I've had a couple. So it's, it's a cool combination of yeah. people asking me and me reaching out and finding the specific pieces I need. And, and, um, for this next round, I'm planning on bringing in other singers Cool. You know, I wanted to make sure first that I had the budget because I want to be able to pay my my singers. And um, so I'm hoping to do some duets, maybe some solos with other voice for other voice types. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I, I just really want That's this great. to be like a big yeah. collaboration. That's Did awesome. you do any um, cold emails to composers just not having known them at all? Or did you? I'm just curious. Let me think. Um, not yet. Okay. With everyone, I had at least a connection yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. Planning on doing a piece by Tom Chapulo coming oh, yeah. up, and I had a and my one of my collaborators, uh, pianist Jesse Piper, put us in touch, and so because he's working on his pe- a new piece of his right now, and so Jesse was that it's it's kind of cool who I to know. see who gets excited about it because Jesse was super excited about it, and he was like, "You have to do a piece like I'm working with Tom, and you know, I have yeah. to put you guys in touch and." And so it's just kind of happens like that. It all just kind of, I just kind of go with it. Yeah. You know, people, I, I tend to go towards people who are genuinely excited about my project and I want to, you know, give them a voice in it. Yeah. Right. So, right. Yeah. yeah. That's great. So how did you, the first one, the first three were out of pocket. So yeah. Could you um, give us a little bit of info about how we got to how we sponsors? Got to yeah, 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 yeah. So, because <laughs> that's yeah, amazing. That's, I, obviously, and it's that's, not easy. That's the worst part. Like you know, emailing people and asking them for money. <sighs> mm-hmm. um, I know. I I plan to do a little bit of fundraising probably after this year, uh, but I did send a bunch of messages, texts, and emails to uh, friends that I know are part of large corporations. You know, of asking them if they might if their company might want, might want to do a corporate sponsorship or something. And, um, I ended up contacting a, a big supporter of mine. I think this person might want to remain anonymous, yes. but, um, he helped me a lot and really yeah. is just someone who believes in me and sees what I'm doing and just and gave in the me, yes, in this yeah, particular art a form big, as well. yeah, yeah, big fan of opera and, you know, just like us wants yeah. opera to get out there to the younger generations. Yeah. And so he thought this was a great idea. And great. Um, so I'm lucky to at least have sponsorship till right. the end of this year. Yay. That's awesome. But if anybody thank else you. wants to throw any money at this, you know. Hello, <laughs> please. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you were immediate, you were from the beginning connected with Classical Singer, correct? No, I actually, I reached out to them. Um, I mean, I, I, I reached out to them before... I'm, I think I reached out to them after I released my first episode because I wanted to have a proof of concept yeah, at of least course. before re- reaching out to people. But I reached out to a bunch of, um, you know, opera and classical singer publications like Opera America, Opera News, Classical Singer. I also reached out to like mainstream media sources like um, New York Magazine, Rolling Stone, The Guardian and Huffington Post no responses from any of them, but you know, this, this stuff takes time, no, but yeah. I did get responses from the opera sources, which are great and they've been supportive and, but right off the bat, CS music, classical singer was like, saw the potential in this and they were like, yes, like we, yeah. they're we, we want to help you. We, we want to get your web series out to everybody. So great. they 
decided to be a distributor of mine. So so they, how do they support you? They put my, I basically do a little write-up for them. I send them the episode and photos and stuff. And then they make a, a post, like a blog post. And ideally it goes out to the, in their newsletter. Yeah, I'm right. so not it, totally they, sure, but they, I've, you know, every time they make the post, they send it to me. And so it's like up on their page. Yeah, that's great. So it's like a nice little feature every month. Yeah. Amazing. Well, and what you're doing, I think, is, like, just such a great resource even for their audience, let alone a regular opera audience. Like, they, I know that they cater a little more towards, like, the school-age singer. Yes. To, for the most part. And, like, this is such a brilliant, like, I've appreciated it so far because I'm like, I get to listen to these arias for from these operas that there's no existent recording on YouTube of. And, yeah. like, how, or if there's no studio recording yet, like, I'm not going to buy a full score of this opera to, like, right. pull an aria that might not work for me and to, like, to get to hear it. Right. And, Exactly, and that's like another facet of. There's of, so many, yeah, so many, um, so many cool things it about for it for singers and, and audience and yeah. everybody. And I think specifically for CS Music, it was also a draw that you know these could be you know we always have our contemporary English requirement for mm-hmm. auditions, and right. it's like okay, what do I do? I use you know Emily Zaria from Our Town again, or <laughs> right. do I right, the one that everyone's using? <laughs> right this season, it's my darling chin. <laughs> right, that guilty one, as charged. You know, and these are beautiful, <laughs> beautiful pieces, and I love them. But maybe we should have a little bit more variety because there's so much out there, and right. why not just start singing it in the auditions and. So I hope to inspire some of the younger singers uh, to use to use pieces that I'm that are featuring. Yeah, yeah, definitely, right? Or at least, and at the very least, like open their eyes to just how many composers there are right. out there making opera right now. I don't think we, you know, off the top of my head, before I started doing any real contemporary stuff, it was like, oh, Jake Hagee, and I knew Tom Trapullo, mm-hmm. and. Royce Vavrek and yeah. Philip Glass, like the big names, right? But that's all you know. Until right. you start getting into the... Until you get, yeah. Yeah. So you get starts getting going deeper everywhere, into it. Everywhere. And it's everyone. <laughs> yeah. So many. I was at a bank yesterday and my bank teller was a composer, an, an opera composer. I was oh like, my what? God. <laughs> what? They're everywhere. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's so funny. Like, side note, in the world, when people, when I tell, oh yeah, I'm an opera singer, like, wow, that's so rare. Yeah. I'm like... There are more of us out there than you realize. Right. You just don't know. Right. <laughs> Probably you con- you are in contact with a lot of opera singers maybe yeah. every day yeah. and you just don't know. Right. Think about the people you hear who either have like a really great laugh or a really great speaking voice. They're probably a singer. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, and I think it's it's good for opera singers to hear about, you know, singers themselves that are trying to do things for our audience and mm-hmm. our like longevity and our hopefully uptick in in um audience that yeah. gets opera and likes it yeah exactly right. um because there continues to be and continues to grow to be singers that just become in love with it yeah um and we need to get like butts and seats i know right? i actually had a meeting recently with the with the general director of opera philadelphia because mm. a, a patron of theirs heard of I, I met them at some random party and mm-hmm. my web series came up and they lit up like and these are like you know older gentlemen and they just thought it was such a great idea they said oh my gosh we're you know we're patrons of the uh we're like they're on the board or, or something at, at opera philly yeah. and they said we have to put you in touch with the general director there because he's mm-hmm. trying to do mm-hmm. same thing they're trying yeah. to make their season really 
you know, like young friendly and bring in new audiences. And so I ended up, you know, they were so, so generous. They like invited me to the, the O19 festival to see some of their productions. And, and I got to have a a meeting with David Devan. And and so he got to share some insight with me about how they went about with their campaign and they've seen, it's been successful. He said within, within the last like, couple of years they brought in like 3,000 more audiences audience members yeah. or something like that I, right. I might be getting the, the facts wrong yeah. but no. something like that it was like a few oh, thousand in like a short time right it's and it's gonna I like my hope for them is that they're able to retain those people yeah I like me too do I it because there's really, what they're, really cool stuff. what they're doing is really the right model I think I mean I you know historically opera companies the money gets tight and then they get more conservative with the art that they're making and they do the old yeah. chestnuts and then they just lose donors. And I really feel like the way forward is going to be to do new stuff. Yeah. Keep the or art at form least a combination, forward. you right. know, have, you. have an, have an older piece for mm-hmm. the people who are, who appreciate the old stuff and combine it with like a, a season of, of bringing in new stuff too. Right. Yeah. So I think right. that's a, I think that's a fair compromise. I think it works. Right. Well, and I think so. the new stuff can be, it creates a buzz and, and some of it can be controversial. And I think, you know, when, when money is tight, you're afraid to like do something that might mm-hmm. be controversial in your community. But it's like, if you're, if people are talking about it yeah. and they have strong opinions about it, yeah. that's way better than them having no opinion at all. Cause people will show up to something that they think they're going to walk in and they're going to hate it. Cause everyone's been talking. Shit oh yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're going to put their butt in that seat cause they want to know what everyone's talking about. Yeah. Um, I I passed the picket lines at Death of Klinghoffer for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the Met, that was crazy. Right, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, but I was like, I have to see it for myself, and you know, form my own opinion. Yeah, and right. To the people in the picket lines, I was like, Have you seen it, or do have you just heard fat little factoids about it? Like, no, I didn't see it. I oh, I wouldn't God. dare. I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna yeah. form my own opinion. Yeah, you right. know. I right. think also like because a lot of us feel like. This art, oh, we hear so much like this art form is dying and blah blah blah. I think some companies sometimes try to do it all, and it's like we do young, we do, and they they lose everybody in the yeah, process. And like, yeah. I think Opera Philadelphia part part of the reason that they are getting successful is because they're just like this is who we are, and yeah. we are we are not trying to be the Met. And I mean, even with you, like, I think some singers feel like, well, if I do this new, alive and kicking new music, like then people won't want to hire me for, like, old stuff. Right. And it's like, that's right. not true. When know? in reality, no one's even thinking of you that much. <laughs> right. Right. You know? <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. That's true. Like, who is, no like, behind the panel saying, like, oh, you know, she's singing Kwando, but she has this web series. Gosh. How, like, they probably don't even know I have a web series. Right. Like, right. who am I to think that everyone knows who I am and what I'm yeah, doing? Right, you know? Right. Like, I'm just like, another face in an audition room. Yeah, but, right. You know? Oh, right. <laughs> like, it's true. But so, I think, most importantly, what I love about what you're doing and, and the way you've diversified kind of all your hustles or your corollary career stuff is... Um, you know, you're, you're going after it. I think there's, we still continue to have in the business a sense on the singer side of like the career will come to you if you just yeah. practice yeah. and your technique gets really good. And then you go and sing these auditions, like that's and enough something to make happen, something happen. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really important that there'll be more voices like yours in the industry where you're like, I'm singing and I'm doing stuff, but I'm also championing, championing the art form mm-hmm. and the people who make this art form happen. Yeah. Um, 
Because we need those people to yeah. keep it going. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, we won't have any opportunities to We sing. will have no jobs. We won't have any <laughs> jobs. We need more jobs. So we need to create the buzz for the demand <laughs> yep. in order to eventually get hired, you know? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, no, it's hard, man. And it's like half the battle is networking and, yep. and you know, you can, everyone's talented, you right. know, at a certain point, everyone it's can irrelevant. sing. Yeah. Everyone's talented. Right. But, everyone has something to say. Right. But it's like, then how, how do you land that job? Do you mm-hmm. know the person? Do you know someone at the company? Right. Do you have a specific thing on your resume that looks good for that one person? And it's just like, yeah. You just need to keep your soul fulfilled doing projects that really make you passionate about, you know, while you're just, you can't just be waiting around for these opportunities. Right, right. So, uh, so so, in addition to the web series, you also do the Aria Slam. Yeah. Which when I see them come up on Facebook, I'm like, I wish I lived in New York because this looks so fun. Uh, Where do you live? (laughs) Philadelphia. Oh, oh, cool. (laughs) Well, well, I will say we are expanding because there's now a Boston faction uh, of Aria Slam. So okay. we'll talk later. Maybe <laughs> if you want to start a Philadelphia faction, that would be awesome. Yeah. But yeah, so Aria Slam, it's, it's been the coolest, one of the coolest things in my life right now. Um, it started out of just an organic need that I, you know, yeah. we're all, most of us are out of school. Yeah. And I had finished up a young artist program at, you know, Palm Beach Opera and, you know, I got to sing some stuff there in front of other people, some mm-hmm, new stuff. Right. I had got to coach it and then we'd have like, you know, some master classes or whatever. And so I could like kind of shed some new pieces in front of a, a small audience. Right. But once I got back to New York, there was none of that. And so right. I was like, okay, I'm learning this new rap. I've coached it. I brought it to my voice teacher, but I do I just like go in with a right. audition now? Like I've never performed this before. Yeah. I, it right. feels cold, you know, right. I don't know how my voice and my body is going to respond when I feel nervous. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. And so I just put out a post on Facebook. I was like, hey, friends, does anyone want to, you know, get together and just, like, split an accompanist and just, like, sing new pieces for each other? Yeah. And I got so many oh, wow. responses. Yeah. And it started with just a, a group Facebook chat mm-hmm. where I was like, oh, who's available on this day and right. so-and-so and... And it just kind of grew, and I was like, I should make a name for this. Like, you know, we have, like, you know, poetry slams when right. people get together and, like, you know, do poetry and whatever. And I was like, that's Aria Slam. Like, that has a nice ring to it. It's Even cute. though we, we also do, yeah. you know, musical theater, like, yeah. whatever style people want to bring in. But, yeah, and then I, I was like, I kind of t- took a census on the Facebook chat. I'm like, so who wants me to continue this on this chat and keep bothering you, like, it, bothering an entire group of people in their message box? to grow, yeah. Or should I just make this into a Facebook group? And they're like, yeah, Facebook group. <laughs> and right. So, <laughs> so thus, Ari Slam Facebook group was born. And, uh, you know, it took some ironing out for how the sign-up works, how how I get the funds to the pianist, how, like... Because right. people will cancel, and then it's like, oh, my God, it's all on me. And, you know, I'll be like, oh, to the pianist, like, oh, so-and-so canceled. Like, can you do it for this much, actually? We actually don't have uh, that much. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I had to set some ground rules, yeah. like the cancellation policy, the, you know, everything right. goes to me, and then I pay the pianist separately, so it's not, like, random. Venmo's so I, I want the, there, yes. Right? So I wanted the security for the pianist. Like, once they're quoted their fee, like, that's it. They get that, yeah. They get 100 bucks. For the artist slam, that's it. And it's fifteen dollars for participation for singers. And so it rounds out to be about fifteen minutes per person. So they can like sing two long arias or like three short pieces or you know. 
and everyone just gets so much value out of it. And the whole idea behind it is you bring in your imperfect pieces because, you know, even while you're still working on it, you want to feel what parts make you the most nervous, what, right. you know, because your body acts in a weird way when you get <laughs> nervous and, yeah. and it's better to test that out in front of a safe audience right. rather than yeah. something, an audience. And I mean, arguably when you get to a certain point after you graduate and you've done the training and you feel good about your singing, it's arguably much more important than your, or as important than your voice lessons because right. you need to have that experience. Right. Um, yes. Right. Well, I mean, even if I'm not <laughs> nervous, I know that when I'm doing stuff kind of in the vacuum of my practice room and my voice lesson, that doesn't, it never really prepares me for what's going to happen when I'm actually like stepping into a character mm-hmm. and singing it for a person. And now yeah. I have to go through it without stopping. And what is the right. what are the bigger arcs here? Like you can't discover that stuff until yeah. you're in a room with somebody watching you exactly. and just like you're performing it versus practicing it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. the other thing it does for singers is put you in a room with them in a, in a supportive environment mm-hmm. where you can actually find out what's what's going on with them and and be supportive to each other because exactly. I think we can help each other much more than we realize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's important. It's I think great. it puts a lot of people at ease too, because it's like, I just, I discovered all these things even before creating this group or, or that I, that I realized as this was happening, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, you know, when we go to auditions, we hear everyone's best product and we just think like, Oh my God, They're like so I great. suck. Yeah. Like I hear this person mm-hmm. through the door and they're seeing this so perfectly at Aria Slam, you get to see everyone when they're, like, not at Fucking their best. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, my God. They're just like me, you know, that we're all going through our process. And, like, this piece, it might be perfect and, and awesome in a couple weeks, a couple months or whatever. But right now, this is, like, where everyone's at at their process. And it's it's so cool to see everyone go through that, yeah. like, mm-hmm. all together. Yeah. You know, some people have to just stop. They're like, okay, that's it for today. I like, that. I just can't. My voice is too tired. I'm just going to stop. Right. And, like... That's fine. Right. I like to use it as, a, you know, I'll, if I'm, like, not feeling that well, I'll be like, okay, I don't know if I can sing through this whole thing, but we're going to try. And so I make it my goal to, since I'm in front of people, to like, to yeah. see if I can get through the whole thing, even when I'm sick or something. Know, right? and, Which is so much better to do in, than at a coaching when you're yeah. paying, like, $80 or whatever you're right. paying to, like, do well and, right. like, get, you know, and you want to oh, my God, my coach is judging me. Now you get to be sick and you can sing. Right. Exactly. It's like, you know, $15 is like a small enough amount that like, I might as well just go and just try. Yeah. Right. You know, I I had started something like this in Philadelphia a few years ago with two other friends who then moved away, which made it impossible for me to sustain it by myself. And one of the things that I really found helpful about that space was learning actually how supportive my fellow singers were, you know, and then also like how necessary it was like for me to know that everyone's in it together because yeah. I have like my self-talk can tend to be like very toxic and, and very negative towards myself. Yeah. And like I would sometimes sing an aria in that room and just be like, oh, like it was fucking terrible. <laughs> and, like, I can't believe like there was air escaping and the sound in these places. And I would like, beat myself over stupid things. And then, you know, my colleagues would just be like, yeah, maybe you cracked on the high seat, but oh my God, in your middle voice, there's so much color. And like, you get feedback about the things you're also doing as well as, yeah. as well as the things that didn't quite go yeah. so good. And it was a really formative experience to learn for myself. Like, what are the things that I excel at? Yeah. And then as well as where are the things that I still need to do some work? Totally. Yeah. So you talked about your 
in Bo- going to be opening in one in Boston or someone yeah, is. So it started already. Oh, yeah. that's great. I just had, I met a friend, uh, Joanna Pope, who okay. lives in Boston. Um, we met on a gig this past summer and, uh, she loved the idea and she was like, I was thinking of like doing something like this at, in Boston, but like, I won't, I won't take your idea. I won't call it Aria Slam. I'm like, no, do it. Like be the, the, the Boston extension. Like I want this to be like a nationwide thing. I mean, you know, why not? Cause then it's like, no matter what city you're in, if you're traveling, you have a home base, you know, Aria Slam. It's like, we're all part of the same network. So it's like, I want everyone to feel like at home in the opera community, wherever they are in the country. Yeah. That's great. So, That's a great So, so far we have it in New York City. Yeah. Boston. And Boston. Is there one in Long Island or is it kind it, of Occasionally. Of, yeah. I, I usually set that up. Yeah. Uh, we have one in New Jersey okay. on uh, tomorrow. Great. Where in so, New Jersey? Um, in Nutley. Okay. It's like still like North New Jersey. I guess. <laughs> I'm really bad at geography. <laughs> I, just, I just follow the Google map and, <laughs> and I get there. <laughs> Yeah. Where are you? You're from Long Island, I'm right? from Long Island, yeah. yeah. I'm from New Hyde. So, Where are you from? You're from New Hyde Park? Yeah, yeah. You're from near there, right? I don't I'm know. from Great Neck. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, like yeah. half my <laughs> high school, maybe not half, but a lot of them went to New Hyde, lived in New Hyde Park. Yeah, I saw your a guy area Park. code. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. Okay, the other thing we wanted to talk about was Jekka Fit. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Jekka Fit the brand that I created, uh, but really it, it stems from, uh, my interest in fitness. Um, I started kind of where, I mean, always sort of been sort of active. I grew up with, you know, my mom was always running on the treadmill and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I thought that was the only way to be working out, working out and yeah. fit and healthy. And I hate, I hated running and I like, still hate <laughs> running. Yeah. So I would like do it for a while and then stop and then, so I had a pretty bad relationship with exercise. Um, and then in college, maybe TMI, but I like sort of just developed a eating disorder oh, no. and, um, that got, that, you know, went on for like two years or so. And it was like, I had no, I, I just had no positive relationship with food or exercise. Yeah. And then I started, and I was introduced to the world of like weightlifting and I just, you know, like anyone else, I thought that was a guy thing, mm-hmm. you know? And it just totally changed my life. Just like having this, this routine that was so positive that required you to eat, you know, healthy things that like fueled your muscles and like rebuilt, rebuilt your body to like, and like boost your metabolism. It was just like a a whole positive cycle. And it, it gave me a positive reason to have a relationship with food. And since then, and it totally like destroyed my eating disorder, which was great yeah. and, um, put me back on track with positive self image. And so it, it became a huge passion of mine. And was that a person that, um, introduced it to you or my what happened? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We won't talk about it. <laughs> no. well, actually the fir- first person was a, a friend from undergrad started me on that, but I, it wasn't like super consistent. I, he taught me the very, very basics and then it got really, really consistent with my ex and, you know, very, very grateful for yeah. that part of our relationship. And so I decided, you know, like, like most New Yorkers with their passions, like, Hey, maybe I could make this into a job. (laughs) (laughs) And so during my master's, probably in like 2013, I started working at a kickboxing studio, uh, because I started to, I started taking kickboxing classes and I, I loved it. And I ended up working there 
and it was sort of a path of like discovering what I could do because it was right. it was tough to navigate teaching classes with you know my voice. Right, and they, to, yeah. they didn't have microphones. I think they might have microphones now, oh. but they they wanted their their <gasps> teachers to like be screaming, yeah. to be like intense, <gasps> and you know, oh god, burpees, yeah. now, you know, and now we're gonna turn over for push ups, ten, nine, you know. So like, you know, and the warm up was just that, like for 15 minutes, you know, at least the actual class, you could like take a little break yeah, because you just let them do their thing, let their combos on the bag. But for the warm up, it was like nonstop yelling for 15 minutes. And like that, you can get a node in that time. Yeah. So I was like, ah, I can't do this anymore. And so (laughs) I ended up quitting that like during, like basically when I went to Palm Beach (laughs) Opera for my Mm -hmm. Young Artist Program thing. So that was sort of my excuse. Yeah. Um. And then when I came back, I, I sort of was looking around more about what, what classes might be possible with maybe with a mic or something. And, and I ended up teaching at a, another fitness studio in, in Long Island city. And then I, we ended up moving again. Like we, my fiance and I lived there and then we ended up moving into Manhattan for a sublet. And so I was like, eh, it's not worth the commute. It's like, I don't love this job that much. And then I had a friend who I worked with at the kickboxing studio who worked at this place called Switch Playground, which is like this high intensity interval training mm-hmm. studio that's like a club. It's like you go in, it's like mm-hmm. it's like working out for like ADD people. But it works. It's a great workout. And I thought the position was pretty perfect because it was like not the main instructor, but they have like these assistant instructors who like stay at each station and they help you learn the exercise Get, really right quick. Or whatever, yeah. But Working there for a while, I realized that I ended up needing to use my voice a lot anyway, and I didn't have a microphone. I was screaming over loud, live DJ music. Uh, And so I was like, eh, this isn't really working out. And so... And the whole whole time, just to... You're sort of looking at looking at this as like a as a parallel career to your own, like a yeah. way to like make some steady income doing something, doing yes. like a, an extra passion. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It, Which and is I, important and I felt to like think they, about. Yeah, I felt like they went hand in hand, <clears throat> and the I, longevity of it too. Like you mm-hmm. knew you couldn't, you could have kept that job, but it's not going to like line up in right. the future. Yeah. Which is so smart. I, yeah, I needed to look out for you know if I'm gonna have the the side job the or the parallel career, it can't negatively affect my other career (laughs) so I it had to make sense yeah so I was trying to find the right fit I knew I wanted to do something in fitness because I was so passionate about it and I think I'm a pretty good instructor but I just couldn't let it compromise my voice and so I had been thinking about getting certified as a personal trainer and eventually you know with with the confidence of my fiance he's like just do it Mm because it's a financial commitment to to take those courses right and he's like, just do it. Like, just do it. You have enough money right now. Just like you want to do it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, yeah, just going to yeah. take the plunge. And so I signed up for a course with the National Academy of Sports Medicine, which is like the most widely recognized fitness certification for personal training and studied real hard, took the test, passed on my first time. So Yay. glad. <laughs> um, and you know, had to get like CPR, AED certified mm-hmm. and, uh, got, you know, insurance for personal training and just managed to get a Make couple clients work. going, you yeah. know, some word of mouth. I went on an app that's like service, yeah, you know, you it's called yeah. Thumbtack that, Okay. Uh, yeah. Different from the one that you might have okay, yeah. seen on that I posted about. But um, it's like service. <clears throat> thumbtack, I know. Yeah. yeah, okay. So you know, 
Yeah, one of my best clients came from Thumbtack. It was like three times Thumbtack's a week. It's great. It was great. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, so personal training, that seems to be the perfect fit. Because even with classes, I don't love catering to a general fitness level. I love, you know, working with someone one-on-one with their specific needs and catering a program to them specifically. And I don't have to yell. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure, like, in terms of scheduling, it can be more flexible if they need it to be. Yes, so flexible. My clients totally understand, you know, that I have this other career and they're very supportive of it. So we kind of schedule on like a weekly basis. We'll, we'll try to do a couple weeks out in advance, but you know, even they have shifting schedules, you know, because some of them are freelancers too. And, and I have some opera singer clients. And so it all, it all seems to work out. Yeah. That's great. So yeah. And, and as far as, you know, branding goes, the Jekka Fit brand is, is like an approachable, you know, holistic approach to fitness that it's not about the aesthetic results so, you know that that's sometimes people's goal which right. is totally fine it depends on the person but it's you know jekka fit for everybody right. so it's like you don't have to be you could be totally new to fitness and right. and still it's not for fitness people right yes it's, <laughs> like yes some, exactly some like some people are. think you know i hear all the time like oh i can't go to that class i don't look fit enough to go to that class I know, i'm I like know, which is that's crazy like where mm-hmm. has this fitness industry gone that like people feel totally excluded. And so I want my, my company to be totally inclusive. doesn't matter where you're at in your fitness journey. And it's a journey. That's like the main point that there's no end goal. It's just a constant journey. Your goals might be changing. You, maybe you might see new developments that you didn't realize you wanted. Mm -hmm, And so it's like a constant dialogue with my clients that, you know, makes them feel good. And, what made you want to um, make this Jekka Fit brand that's separate from Jessica, your um, name? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I guess I guess just as a business, I want it to be a little bit separate mm-hmm. because there's the nitty gritty of the, you know, here's my waiver and the liability and the right. and my receipts and stuff. So I wanted to create a, you know, a separate email for all that and, and a website. And so I, I just wanted to be... To, to have a little bit of clarity mm-hmm. so that people, at least I can direct people to a website, my separate business card so that they can So you have see. two business cards. Yeah, I have two right. business cards. One for Does opera your singer and... one have anything about Jekka Fit on no, it? No, totally separate. Yeah. And people who know me know that I'm all these things. Yeah. But it makes it easier for people to digest when they're looking for just one specific thing. That's you know? smart. It's it gets very, it yeah. gets confusing. If you they're don't like, wait, you're, what do you yeah. what yeah, you have to you have to be so clear these days. I know. Right? Because you know? in a minute they don't get it. Yeah. Moving on. Like exactly. I don't get it. Bye. Right, right, exactly. Like, <laughs> I don't get what not, you do. Is she a personal trainer or is she an opera singer? Is she even gonna be around to train me? Right. No. I don't get it at all. Yeah. Like I'm just eh, next. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's that like specificity of like you can't you can do lots of things, but like you have to be specific with each thing or right. else it's just like bleh. Yeah, no. <laughs> Exactly. And like recently I I just finished an on-camera acting class because I'm interested in film and television too. And I forget who I was talking to, but I was telling someone about it and they're like, oh, you're like transitioning into, I'm like, no, I'm just doing more stuff. I'm Mm -hmm. just do, I'm not like leaving opera. I just want to open myself up to more opportunities, you know? And so. As you get older, it becomes a thing of like, I've been thinking about that since I graduated, like 
what do I want to, like, how do I want to present myself Mm -hmm. and, like, not wanting to miss out on any opportunities, but not wanting to be, like, unclear to people about, like, what I do. And you, in no way is this true, but, like, you start saying to people, you do film, and then they're like, oh, she's not doing opera anymore. Right. Yeah. It's like, no. Um. Yeah. But, like, to, yeah, it's People like to put people in boxes, Boxes, like, immediately. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. Definitely. It's definitely something to keep in mind. I, at least to my knowledge, I don't think it's sabotaged me yet. No, I, don't, I think <laughs> it's, but yeah, people need to think about it and sometimes they don't really know what to yeah. do. Sometimes yeah. there's a reason and sometimes there's not. Right. Yeah. Right. So. I mean, I've even done that just even with my teaching. Mm, like yeah. I don't have, I have like a line on my website in like in my about me page. It's like, you know, if you're interested in lessons, contact the music school where mm-hmm. I teach, but I have like a separate bio that's only on the music teaching website. That's specific to just like my goals as a teacher, mm-hmm. yeah. which is like help people find their own voices. And it's removed from what I do as an opera singer, because I feel like same thing. Like it helps my students, like potential students know, like, Oh, this is a teacher she who's interested teaching, in, in yeah. me and my journey and isn't going to, like, impose their opera life on them. Because yeah. I think people read opera singer and then they're just like, oh, I don't, oh, don't want to sound like that. Yeah. Right. I want a teacher who right. sings opera. That's true. Hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, that specificity is just really important. Yeah. So what's, what's like, a day in the life? Yeah, how do you make all this happen? <laughs> I'm still figuring that out. What what is the average day? It's like it's different. It's so every random. Day. I can't even. It's like when friends ask me, like, "What's your schedule like next? Like, what's your usual weekly schedule?" I'm like, "There mm, is none." Right. Right. <laughs> And really, I, I should be more organized. Like, my fiancé gives me so much shit about this. Like, he, he's like, you can't just, like, jump into one thing and then just, like, decide to do it. Like, we have to make a plan for the day. Like, so that we can both, like, be sane and, like, know what's coming next. Like, yeah. I guess it's easier to do if you're just a single person and you only have you to, right. to deal with. But, you know, if I'm like, oh, Scott, can you just listen to this thing? I'm working on this project right now. And, and he's, like, no. he's like, I'm in the middle of, like, finishing my thesis right now. Like, I don't have time. <laughs> So it's, it's pretty disorganized. (laughs) I mean, as organized as I can be. Sometimes I like try to schedule things in my schedule that I can, at least if if it involves other people, I have to be organized and I am organized with that. But when it comes to like, I have a full day at home and I just need to work on my projects. I, I try to, you know, dedicate like an hour to this and an hour to that. And it's definitely a struggle. It's definitely tough uh, because I get sidetracked easily and I'll just want to go with the flow and just work on whatever I feel inspired to working on right, right. At, at, to work on at that moment. Um, and a lot of stuff gets done that way, yeah. you know, and I, I know I'll have a general deadline and I'll be like, okay, I, I think I'll have time that day. I'll finish it. Like I'll get to that a little bit earlier so that maybe I won't be rushing on that day. And so somehow it all, it works out. I mean, it all it works does. out <laughs> eventually. I mean, it's like a flexible you, structure. You work yes. It's yes. hard to explain, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a flexible structure. Deadlines help when I'm like, usually when I'll like, I'll purposely like set up like a coaching on a certain day. I'm like, okay, I have to have that learned by that day because I have a coaching on it and I have, (laughs) or a rehearsal with a composer. Like I have to have it learned by that day because I have that rehearsal and then I'll be ready for the concert. Mm -hmm. Right. So setting little deadlines like that is really, really helpful for me. Do you, do you fall into the trap that I often do? Like if I don't set a deadline on a project, somehow 
suddenly reorganizing my sock drawer is like the most <laughs> important thing. <laughs> and I will clean the silverware drawer yep. and like stupid stuff like that has <laughs> like nothing to, avoid to do. doing the work I need to <laughs> yes. until there's a deadline. And uh-huh. I was like, all right, I got a book. Oh down. yeah. And then you finish, you do it, you have like a month to do it and then you do it all in like three days. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That is always how that happens. Yeah. Always. <laughs> Yep, exactly. Oh, good old procrastination. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, a, 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 you know a, a model of a day could be, you know, waking up. My fiancé is doing, like, a 9 to 5 thing right now. So I'll wake up with him. We'll have breakfast. Then I'll, you know, ideally, like, warm up, practice a little bit for whatever I have coming up. If it's an audition that day or the next day or whatever. I'll do that. I'll probably send a couple emails depending on what project I'm working on. Um, Then I'll probably be like learning a a piece and then I'll be chipping away at, at organizing for the next round of filming for Alive and Kicking. Um, I'll deal with some cancellations for Arya Slam (laughs) and going to the wait list and replacing people and like, Hey, are you still free for this day? Okay, great you know, maybe reach out to some hosts for Aria Slam. Like, can you do these dates? Uh, have lunch somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'll have an Aria Slam that evening. <laughs> Go to that. Yeah. And, uh, and then like watch TV yeah. at night or keep working. Yeah. You know, depending, <laughs> depending, on, the on, <laughs> depending on the deadline, depending on what, what I feel inspired to do that <clears throat> evening. Yeah. And so you are, when did you graduate with your master's? 2015. 2015. So yeah. are you still like doing weekly lessons or? No, not really. And I, and I, I left my, I, I don't continue to, to study with my master's teacher. I, I have a new teacher yeah. that I found after graduating through a friend who I, I covered actually mm-hmm. on a gig. But I, I basically, you know, when I started with that teacher, I was having weekly lessons just because, mm-hmm. just to instill the technique and mm-hmm. it takes, you know, muscle Time, memory yeah. and, and habit. But now I'll probably check in with her like once or twice a month. Yeah. And she's cool with that and she's so easy to work with. I love her. Yeah. That's important. So, yeah. yeah. And how about coachings? Coachings. Uh, More uh, regular. It it depends on what I'm working on. Yeah. If, you know, I, I have different coaches for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And so depending on what I have coming up, you know, if it's like a particularly Bel Canto thing, I have some Bel Canto co- yeah. specialist coach right. for that. And if it's... For a specific competition, I might go to specific coach, and yeah, so it's it's yeah. pretty much need based. It's not necessarily like I have to do. I have to do this every week. Just yeah, yeah, right. And I'm finding <clears throat> since I'm doing so much new music stuff, not to say that coaches don't have good opinions and ways that things should be done, but if it's new music, you know, I know just as much <laughs> as they do. Yeah, right. right. And, and you can talk to the composer, and I talk to the composer. too. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So usually, if it's new music, I'll I'll just learn it on my own and and run it by the composer. And if they have a couple ideas, and I'll implement that. Yeah. Um. Oh. That's usually how, how now, that goes. Are you managed at this point? Actually, I just left my management. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. It it was really it was good. It was my first my first manager, and and I think it was a good way to to transition into being you know a principal Perfect. artist yeah. and opened up a couple doors and I just thought uh, I have more interests like, you know, uh, a wider breadth of interests like the TV and film stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, 
sort of looking for a management right now. I, I have an upcoming meeting with, with another company in December, fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that will encompass more of a, a wider spectrum of like opera, musical theater, TV and film. Right. Sort right, of right. everything. So, yeah, right, but your was, management should work for you and not the other way around. Yeah. And if, if the manager doesn't have contacts in, in specific worlds that you need, then maybe it's time to find mm-hmm. someone else. And so it was very, very amicable, you know, understanding parting. So at the moment, I'm I'm free. I'm a single yeah, opera singer. Free agent. <laughs> I'm a free agent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. So you, um, how did you get that first manager versus, and then this new one as well? Um, well, I was super lucky because, yeah. you know, half of it, half the battle's talent, half the battle is people, you know. And, um, when I got together with my fiance, he's, when we first started dating, he was not my fiance right away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'd all be like, huh, how's that work? Yeah. Some sort of arrangement. Um, um, he, he's also, he's a tenor. And so he was managed by this, by this management. And, um, so he put in a recommendation and. Okay. Oh, awesome. So that was lucky, but that being said, he did recommend other people in the past, and they have not taken those people. Right, so right, right. Um, you yeah, know, it was a little bit of both. So yeah. the recommendation definitely helped put me on the map. Yeah, for you, them. it's never just one or the other. Yeah. It has to be yeah. both. Yeah. So it was a it was a good audition, and so I was lucky to to land that like right as I was finishing Palm Beach. Mm-hmm. It was just like a lucky like boom 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 timing sort yeah. of thing. That it, but in by no means does that mean that you have it made, you know, right, once you right. get management. It's like I was still getting most of work by myself right. through my own connections that I've fostered yeah. since being in my <laughs> New York for my whole life. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Interesting. Cool stuff. Yeah. Everything is, is all up. I mean, that's the hardest thing about being in this career, but also I feel like the reason, some, some some of the reason at least we're all there is because we get to make all the choices ourselves and yeah. we get to make it happen how we want to make it happen. Right. And like, yeah. you know, the more we can do for ourselves, the better we feel and probably the more we're doing. Yeah. Right? And most people again, are scared to do that. I know. Again, you know, they, they're to, waiting for permission. Exactly. You know? Again, going back to, well, if I just do a lot of auditions, then something is well. It's like it's like gambling at that right. point. Like, yeah, totally. If I do it, if I flip this coin eight hundred times, right. like you can always, you, you might may never, it. yeah, right. you may never get what you want. Right. <laughs> Literally, you might never get anything. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, knock on wood, like that, that yeah. doesn't happen. But <laughs> but you have to sort of take charge and like it is good to go to auditions of just course. to like. Because that is a skill in and of itself, to right. auditioning and feeling comfortable in the room and feeling like a person, you know, yeah. right. <laughs> like, and and, <laughs> yeah, and like having a relationship with the people on the other side of the table, yeah. like that's a skill to like, not just go in and be like, oh, I'm, no I'm idea. here, I'm yeah. scared and, you know, um, so there's nothing wrong with auditioning a And lot, it'll always be, auditioning will always be a part of yes, this career. of course. Right. It's the worst, but it will always be a part of it. <laughs> right. But but there is something to be said for taking charge of your own destiny and your own career and yeah. making a career that, that you want, by, whether that's by creating your own opportunities or, or putting out an image that you want to be viewed as or, yeah. you know, just, just taking control of what you can control. Yeah. Right. Cause there's so much that we can't. Yeah, exactly. If you think about what you want your life and career to look like down the line, like many, many years from now, is there like anything that you, you know, are working towards or anything that you would want to change or add to from what you're doing now? 
gosh. I know. I think about I this all the time, and question. it's so hard. It's particularly um, hard because the opera world is just changing so rapidly mm-hmm. that I don't even know what it's going to look like yeah. in 15 years. But ideally, I mean, I'd love to to see my web series, you know, as... <laughs> This is like super pipe dream, but if it was like, you know, you know how there's a Netflix show like Comedians in Cars with Coffee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that would be cool if it was like a little mini like Netflix series or something. (laughs) And while singing some like, you know, some of the still beautiful standard rep Mm -hmm. in some like really respectable houses while also doing a bunch of world premieres because there's nothing more that I love than like creating a character for the first time. Right. And just like setting that example. Yeah. Special. Yeah. It's really special. So I'd love to just have that variety just to like have a little bit of everything, you know, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's too much to ask for, you know? And I grew up doing musical theater too. And so if I can somehow combine that, you know, a la Kelly O'Hara sort of thing. Yeah. That would be that would be my dream to have you know everything and a family. Yeah, right. I want it all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. So if that answers your question, it I don't does. know, but I'm I'm pretty ambitious. <laughs> I mean, so would you say that your ambition is maybe if we're moving to a humble brag, bit of a bit here, because like we should celebrate the things you do. Like, what is it that you think contributes most to the success you've had so far? What is it you bring to the table? I think I'm. It's because I'm a doer. I have an idea and I do it and, mm. uh, and people are recognizing that. And I, I realize that people are recognizing that because someone just called me like last week who runs a company and, and she was like, you, are, you do things like you make things happen. And so if you have a project that you're excited about, like, I want to collaborate with you and like, I want to be able to make it happen for you. That's awesome. So, you know. I guess I have these ideas and I do them and that's the only way to move forward. You know, a million people can have an idea and just say, Oh, that's a great idea. And then just never Never sit on it forever and never actually move forward with it. And so I think by being that proactive and active person who has the ideas that follows through with them and includes other people, I think that's helped me to create a network of supporters. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so oh my much God. For talking with us. I can't believe that flew by. <laughs> it was such a pleasure, you girls. Thank you. <laughs> Well, that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to our interview with Jessica. Please let us know your thoughts by emailing us at info at my so-called opera life or messaging us on Instagram or Facebook at my so-called opera life. We can't emphasize enough that this podcast is created for all the other opera singers out there trying to get shit done. Thanks to everyone who has listened and supported us so far. Please spread the word. We are excited to release our final episode of season one in two weeks. Bye, guys.